0: episode of Food Flow, the podcast dedicated to the in-depth exploration of the beautiful world of food. My name is Iver Marjerson from the foodflow.com, and I am joined today by a primal food enthusiast who has made his mark on the e-food world by taking a refreshingly straightforward approach to paleo-style eating, Bob Bernatsky from simplythatpaleoguy.com. Bob, great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Iver, great to be here.
0: So today we're going to be exploring the star child of recent food trends, the paleo diet, which essentially entails trying to eat like our early human ancestors. And while many people view this diet as extreme and difficult to manage, Bob's approach is actually quite simple. So I'm going to be picking his brain on the topic, We'll be discussing the ideology behind paleo, touching on some of the arguments against it, expanding on some of the perceived pros and cons, all of which will be mixed in with a little witty nutritional banter, questioning of sociocultural norms, and if we're lucky, Bob might just share some of his kitchen secrets he uses to make his Instagram feed look so ridiculously delicious. So, to kick things off, Bob, why don't you start with your food story, kind of how you became that paleo guy?
1: Well about uh, three and a half years ago, maybe four years ago, I don't know if time flies by uh, my wife and I were basically eating you know what we thought was healthy you know I guess they call it the standard American diet, but on the healthy side, you know lots of grains, low fat stuff like that and then we decided we were going to go to no more processed foods to switch that way and then we got into the paleo diet as we were reading about it and after that we just kind of jumped in with both feet.
0: And then that was, and did you have an online food presence prior to getting into the paleo or did the blogging and stuff kind of start once you got involved?
1: No, actually I had, um, I didn't have my blog set up. I just had my blog set up, uh, last August. I had a, an IG page and uh, I just used it for some fishing. And then, um, I decided last January actually to switch it over to my food passion. And before you knew it, things just started to snowball. And then I realized that there's a whole world out there that, you know, is interested in the same way of eating as I am. So that's how it all got started. So I just started posting food pics up and I was like, wow, there's a lot of people that like this stuff. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that want to learn. So, I mean, who doesn't like food pics, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, when they look as good as yours, I got, I got to know where did, where does that fork, where did that fork come from that you put in your pictures? Do you know which which
1: fork are you talking about? It's, like really,
0: it's really like, I don't know, kind of medieval looking. It's really awesome. You, you don't know which one I'm talking yeah. about?
1: Yep. You know, it's funny. Every time I post those pictures of people always comment on the forks. <laughs> That's actually, we got that at a flea market in Virginia and we found it. And um, I got a, there was a knife, a fork and a spoon that came along with it. I picked it up and I was like, all right, that looks like a fantastic prop. And it turned out to be excellent. Now they, somebody actually found it online If you Google medieval cutlery, you can actually find it. I think it sells for like 25 bucks, if that.
0: Oh, nice. Good, good. Yeah, I'm figuring that the reason that your photos are getting so many thousands of more likes than mine is because I don't have as cool of cutlery. I think that's my weakness right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what
1: it is? That's like prop cutlery. The only thing you have to do is you have to sharpen the knives because I can't stand a dull knife, especially for cutting meats. And those knives on there—they're just—they're just for show. You really got to put a nice edge on them. But once you do, you got the ultimate tools.
0: <laughs> Good to know. And so, and so now, people that aren't familiar with kind of your site and your project—it's—it's it's a little more than just the the dietary side of it. You do some more some fitness like talking as well, right? It's kind of a double approach.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, my IG page is mainly food. My blog—I talk about you know I have some recipes on there, but I found that people are more interested in the articles. Learning about, you know, fighting food cravings and, you know, basically how to eat balance. That's like the biggest thing. Too many people don't know about foods and they try to like hop into paleo without knowing, you know. You have to know the basics of foods. There's no question. You have to know proteins, you have to know carbs, and you have to know fats. Especially if you're going to be putting a high-fat car- high diet like paleo into your lifestyle and still
0: trying to have carbs. That's where a lot of people screw up. And as far in getting into that, like you kind of touched on there, knowing fats and the proteins, let's get into the paleo approach to, I guess, eating in the diet. I mean, what, from the basic sense, what does the paleo diet imply? What's it, what are we talking about with it?
1: If a caveman ate it, you eat it. That's pretty much simple. Eat like (laughs) a caveman. It's, uh, it's, you know, get rid of the processed foods, you know, focus on meats, fish, poultry, veggies, fruits, nuts, you know, if you can healthy fats, you know, if you can go out into the woods and find something that would, you know, it's not like you're going to go out there and find a loaf of bread growing on a bush.
0: Right. So, so I guess the elimination of uh, the elimination of a lot of the foods that came about post the Paleolithic area. So agriculture. And I guess a lot of people, wheat has become such a close association to human food that they forget that prior to agriculture, I mean, we really didn't have it. That's the idea, right? Right. hmm. Yeah, and and so and then I guess a lot of the, the processed foods, but also things like like alcohol, right? I mean, cavemen weren't drinking alcohol, right? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so give us like give us a like just a typical a simple plate of I mean a paleo meal. I guess it seems simple, but what would be like a basic plate? It's.
1: I think they're all simple. I try to keep my foods as simple as possible. I'm not a recipes kind of guy, but you know. I keep my refrigerator stocked with tons of meats, fish, you know, poultry, and all I do is I'll just grab some protein, grab some fats, grab some healthy, uh, I mean, um, some vegetables and throw it together in a pan. And if I'm done working out, then I'll throw some carbs in. But, you know, wake up in the morning, have some bacon, have some eggs, maybe a serving of fruit. Lunchtime, same thing. Get yourself some meat, get yourself some fish, more vegetables, big salads. I'm really big into salads. Uh, same thing for dinner, you know, just you definitely need to learn how to cook more when you're on paleo There's no question about it.
0: Well, and that's and I f- feel like it's a lot of people maybe might be shocked that you've said like "Oh, a paleo guy That loves salad, but that really is one of the bigger misconceptions is that it's not just piles of buffalo meat I mean, it's a lot of vegetables, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, that question was posed in paleo magazine a few months ago, and I think it was like six or eight different so-called paleo experts that answered it. And everybody had a different opinion as opposed, as opposed to, you know, is paleo more of a meat-based diet or a vegetable-based diet? And yeah, you got answers on both sides of the fence. Me personally, I think it's, you know, whatever you like. It's about balance. You know, you got to have the meats and you got to have the vegetables but it's not primarily meats. I know some people do get the wrong idea, especially when you look at, like, you know, from my page, I try to reiterate the fact that I do eat a lot of vegetables because I do post a lot of meats, but, you know, meats are sexy. There's something about a rare steak,
0: you know? (laughs) They're just so photogenic, yeah, the vegetables sometimes. (laughs) Well, and that's... Yeah. And that's a good point, though, is that if you ask six different people, you get, you know, six slightly different answers, and when we think about, you know, early humans, it kind of depended on where they lived. I mean, even now... There's cultures that are living, you know, in the North that obviously have a very high meat based diet, and there are cultures that, you know, have a high vegetarian diet. So I guess it kinda of depended on where you where you were. So you can't say that all cavemen were eating the same food. So that makes sense. No. Yep. And I and what I think one of the other ones is uh people say legumes, like legumes aren't allowed. And maybe we should get into that, like the difference between Grains and legume. I mean, you know, just let's highlight on what a legume is exactly. We're talking about beans, right? Right. And beans, uh, and a lot of people don't realize that peanuts are in the legume family. Peanut butter, so. yep, yep. Peanut butter and soy. So obviously, soy milk, mm-hmm. soy products. That's all out. And what do you what do you think about uh, as far as nose to tail eating, like the concept of eating more than just the t bone steak from a cow? I mean, that would have certainly been in a caveman's early diet, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, you basically eat the entire animal, you know, I mean, you can, you know, there's a lot of anything that's left over from the cuts, you know, you, there's ground meat, you can make great stews with it, uh, bone broth, definitely use the bones, all the knuckle, everything like that. it's the amount of nutrition that comes out of bone broth is incredible. So definitely something that the modern day diet is lacking as far as getting collagen. It's funny, people will pay, you know, thousands of dollars to get like collagen shots and, you know, for hair and skin and connective tissue, but you can make it in your own kitchen for a fraction of the price, you
0: know? And it doesn't
1: get any more real than that than with bone broth, you know?
0: Well, and I, and I think it's it's kind of maybe something that stemmed from uh, the Western, the modern food model is like, like as we became more, Higher up, uh, we thought like, oh, we can just eat the chicken breast now because now we're so affluent. We don't have to mess around with the stock and the broth. And it wasn't, you know, it's it's a different sort of nutrition. Like you said, you're getting different nourishment from these parts. But it's also, what I think is so funny is that it's a lot of the flavor. I mean, in, in a lot of other countries, if you gave someone, if you killed a chicken... They would fist fight over who didn't just get the chicken breast. I mean, you want the neck and the bones, I mean all that stuff that you boil down. That's the flavor of the animal. So it's uh it's kinda of comical this idea that we'd pay a top dollar for like a flavorless chicken breast. It's it's kind of makes me culinarily sad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And so as far as as far as you you kind of mentioned and I think that's a good approach a lot of people forget is the carbs, the fats and the protein. I mean, it's food is really as simple as those three things. So, when we're talking about paleo, what is kind of the focus of it? It's higher higher fats, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Higher fats, you know, saturated fats, getting it from good sources, your animal fats, fish fats, some nuts and you know, avocado, olive oil, coconut oil. Those are excellent sources of fats. I would definitely say like I'm, I'm, when I was at my most, I would say lean, I was eating between 150 and 200 grams of fat a day. I was actually paying attention to it and I pretty much cut out all the carbs and kind of replaced it with the fats just to see how my body would respond to it. And it actually responded very well. I leaned down, my skin became like cellophane. I got so lean, you know, at my age at 46, that was pretty cool to see. So oh wow! one thing I love doing is experimenting, experimenting with the different foods, you know, as far as, you, you know, everybody's body kind of responds differently, whether it be to fats or, you know, to carbohydrates. Some people are very carb sensitive. A lot of heavier people are, uh, are carb sensitive and they respond better to the fats. The body burns it slower. So everybody's got to kind of find... What works best for them and if the fats work best for you paleo is the way to go because it's a tasty lifestyle
0: <laughs> well and that's uh, you know without getting into to too much of the you know n- nutritional science of it maybe for people that don't understand your body is basically burning either carbohydrates or fats I mean that that's the that's the idea it can it can kind of turn to either and in modern society most people are sort of like carb burners is that is that the idea I guess Pretty much. I mean, you see it a lot, you know, a lot
1: of athletes, you know, they consume a lot of carbs. I used to consume a lot of carbs also. My previous diet, it was low fat, high carb. But, you know, switching over, then you kind of realize it's kind of, you know what it is, you're 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 brought up and, you, you know, if you remember all the commercials and all the literature, it was always, you know, stay away from fats. You know, you want a low fat diet. Yep. You only want to have X amount of saturated fats a day. And, you know, sometimes when something's written down on paper, people believe it like it's God's word and everybody's guilty of it. We all think it's, you know, you read it and it's true. So once you break away from that, I remember the first time when we got into paleo, I'm like, how the hell do you eat all these fats? How can this be okay? (laughs) But then once you get into it and do it, and then you see your body just starts to change and the way you feel starts to change. And before you know it, you don't even want to go back to the way you used to eat because you don't want to jeopardize losing that awesome feeling. So.
0: Well, and, it's, and I think that's what a lot of people who testify to you know a higher fat, uh, getting good fats in their diet and reducing the carbs is a good feeling a lot of times associated with sustained energy levels. I mean uh, for me when I was – before I was kind of focused more on my diet, it kind of felt like I was going sugar spike to sugar spike. Like I would eat some sort of high-carbohydrate meal and then I would run hard for – you know, an hour or whatever it was. And then I would need more kind of carbs. I felt like, whereas when you turn over to this, you know, a meal that has those healthy fats, it's a lot more sustained. You feel fuller. I mean, that's, that's what you've heard. Have you heard a lot of the paleo people saying that as well? Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And I experienced it myself too. There's no question about it. I mean, even I don't really, I keep my, I watch my sugars and I watch my carbohydrates Now, but when I have it, like after a workout, that's when I load up, you know, when you all of a sudden have a ton of carbohydrates at one sitting, you know, you're going to get that, you know, initial insulin spike. And then when your insulin drops back down, it's going to drop down below where it started before it levels back out again. And that's where you get that crash. So, and that's what a lot of people experience, you know, they eat the carbs and all of a sudden they get that little high, it feels good to them. And then next thing you know, they're kind of like, oh, you know, they're ready to take a nap in the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) The fats will definitely give you that energy more sustained throughout the day. It's because it burns slower. So you don't get that, you know, you know, 100% octane boost all at once. It's maybe like, you know, a 60%, but it's level. It's like, you know, tortoise wins the race type of
0: deal. And it is interesting, too, that, uh, you know, that that little rush you get right after the simple carb, you know, right after eating carbs. A lot of people, I felt like for myself anyway, that I got so used to that, that I would sit down and eat a meal that had a caloric equivalent to what I would have normally eaten. But because I didn't have that that carbohydrate rush and because I didn't have the belly bulge associated with a loaf of bread, I didn't really feel full. Yeah,
1: it's a common thing. I mean, that's why, you know, when people first initially come over to paleo, a lot of them are They're trying to recreate all kind of paleo goodies. You know, they're trying to recreate waffles and pancakes (laughs) and muffins and all those things because that's what they're so accustomed to, you know. And it's – they're trying to get that same – you know, a sugar spike to your body is like an addiction. That's why people get addicted to foods. They get addicted to sodas, you know. It's like that little rush. Everybody – it's like the drug of choice and the food is a drug of choice for a lot of people. But they don't realize that sugar is a very addictive substance. So –
0: Yep. And that's, uh, I think it's uh, Charles Einstein, his book, The Yoga of Eating. He kind of talks about this like holistic approach and he talks about, one of his examples is the college kid who is like eating chips as they work on their assignment. And at that point, they're not eating for fuel. They're eating as an escape to a situation that they don't really want to be in and I think that like you said it's kind of the drug of choice but it's turned to for a lot of different reasons we eat when we're bored we eat when we're sad we eat when we're tired so it's become like this fix-all kind of sort of drug almost and that's that's one thing that you know you have to fight it on a lot of different fronts like touching on that you know a lot of people are are trying to recreate uh, maybe goodies that were mimic their previous diets. But what are some what are some of the other kind of things you see people doing with the paleo diet, maybe some mistakes you see people doing in their early adaptions of it or things that you see as maybe counterproductive?
1: Well, touching the junk food part of it, just to kind of get an explanation behind that before I answer that part. And this is one of the biggest problems that I see with the paleo diet. I see it all over the place, especially with people trying to lose weight. You know, they come to paleo, and the first thing they want to do is, how do I recreate the treats? How do I recreate the brownies and the cupcakes and the cookies and the cakes? It's actually funny, but paleo treats is like the number one searched paleo thing that's out there on the <laughs> web. It's actually funny. And it's that's where the trouble becomes, you know, if you... You know, right now, if you're eating a regular diet and you're eating those foods, if you're eating brownies, cupcakes, and cookies, and you're going to get fat, well, you come to paleo, you eat the same way, eat those things. Just because it's paleo doesn't mean you're not going to get fat. It's not nutritionally balanced foods. And what's even more so is those other junk foods, there are, you know, a lot of carbs uh, and sugars that are put in them. Now you come to paleo and say, okay, now I'm going to recreate that with paleo. So now you're using almond flour that's very high in fats. And then you're also using maple syrup and honey. And then you're throwing tapioca flour on them also. That's, you know, a lot of those ingredients are in this, you know, you see them in the same type of treats and stuff like that. And now you're taking a high fat diet and you're sticking high sugary carbs in it. So now you're just giving your body two energy sources and it's only going to use one and it's going to take the sugars right off the bat. Right. And then it's just going to take those fats and storm. And then also too, now you're feeding that sugar addiction. So you're never really kind of breaking away from it. I mean, as a mistake, it's eat like a caveman. So if you think about it, you know, if a caveman way back in the day was walking through the wood and saw a brownie on the ground, he would step over it because he would think it's a piece of shit. You know, So (laughs) basically, if you have that in your head, say, okay, I'm not going to eat like that. He wouldn't eat it. I'm not going to eat it. You'll do a hell of a lot better. So that's one tip that I would say. I mean, yeah, everybody's going to have a treat here or there, but it can't be a regular part. You know, it just can't be a regular part of your diet, especially if you're trying to lose weight. There's no question about it. Once you get your weight in check, then you can indulge here and there. You know, find your little balance. But until then, you got to be wise.
0: Well, and, and and one of the refreshing things about that that I found, I got to admit, I was guilty when I was trying to cut out grains for a while. I uh, I did the almond flour pancakes and ended up with a stomach full of I don't know 80 almonds or something. Kind of didn't really feel that comfortable. <laughs> but but uh, and what I was kind of doing was this idea. I was applying this artificial sense of permanence to the way my body felt while I was eating a certain way. And I think a lot of people do that. They switch over to a paleo diet for a day and they eat it and they maybe don't feel good because they don't feel normal. They don't feel the way they normally do. And they think, how could I do this every day for the rest of my life? And then they give it up. But the good news is is that your body does change. Your body gets uh, starts to adapt to these new flavors. So yeah, the first day that you cut out sugar, your body's going to go crazy. I mean, people, people talk about getting headaches and stuff, but your body will adjust. I guess that's, that would be my, uh, my tip for some of the new people to any diet really is that don't worry if it's uncomfortable or if it's not to your liking the first even couple weeks, because you know, your body does change your flavor, your taste preferences change. And so I think further kind of getting into some of more of the, the misconceptions of it, what do you think about when people say like the high cost of paleo, I've heard that one a lot. Like it costs too much money to eat paleo.
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. It, it's it's definitely going to cost a little bit more. I mean, when you switch over to grass fed beef and wild caught fish and organic vegetables, you're going to incorporate a little bit more cost. But um, you know, if you look at it this way, you're basically investing in your health. <laughs> so it, it it is. It's true. You know, you get all these people that eat, you know, junk foods throughout their entire lives and processed foods because it's cheap. They go for the cheapest thing and then they'll sit there, but they'll stack away tons of money in their 401k plan. And then one year after they're done retiring, then they're, you know, they either kick over or they're so unhealthy. All they can do is sit on their porch and watch cars go by. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm 80 years old, I still want to be out there kayaking, hiking, and, you know, mountain biking and have a good old time. And, the only way you're gonna do that is to plan for it. You gotta take care of your body.
0: So you only get one body. Don't screw it up. <laughs> take care of it. I love that though, that idea of the investment. And I forget I forget who says it, but it's like, yeah, if you think healthy food's expensive, have you have you priced cancer lately? And it's uh Yeah I mean that's uh yeah, I mean that's really what it is. And so some of the other a couple of the other counter arguments some I kind of I reached out to the food flow community and some of the The questions that people had and arguments that they have for the paleo diet and one of the ones that i've heard people make is that and it's actually been it's become recently popularized in the book blue zones that kind of outlines some of the longest lived populations on earth and the majority of them have both grains and dairy in their diets so i guess the question would be if humans have been consuming these things for however many thousands of years what do you think about, it? I mean, is there a place, could it be that grains have maybe earned their way into the human diet? I'm sure there is.
1: You know, I personally don't have a problem with grains. Like if I eat them, I don't, you know, I don't have any issues. It's not like I have a gluten intolerance or something like that. I don't like the way it made make me feel as far as like getting bloated and, but I don't have an issue. I mean, myself, I actually have white rice a couple of times a week. I use that for when I'm done working out. Every once in a while, like if I'm in a pinch or, or something, maybe once a month, my wife and I will go out and we'll get burgers and, you know, I mean, hell, we were eating burgers our entire life, so it's not going to kill us now. So, <laughs> But, you know, it, that's one of the things. It's, you know, people read, okay, here, this is what paleo is. And then it's almost like, you know, I can't have this, 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 this. But yet you've been having these things all your life. And like you said, you know, people... Survive greatly on you know grains and dairy and once again it depends on where you're from you know i think what is it now japan has fifty thousand people that are now over 100 years old living there i mean think of how much white rice and yeah. <laughs> they consume over there you know yeah. so they're obviously doing something right
0: yep and that's actually and i think another another portion of that and it's something that people you know see my videos something that i stress is that The way like you can't just blanket statement and say all grains are bad and i and i appreciate that you kind of take that approach to it and and obviously you mentioned there the component of moderation i mean you're not eating white rice all day every day but you have it in moderation and the preparation is another big part that gets overlooked like you mentioned in japan okinawa japan is one of the longest lived populations on earth and it's interesting to note that they sprout their rice, like they they germinate their rice prior to cooking it, and this breaks down some of the enzymes and it changes it. it changes the rice. And it's kind of interesting to note these things. I mean, the populations that are eating bread, they're not eating wonder bread; they're eating whole grain sourdough bread. And uh, the same things with with soy and with a lot of these products that we have problems with the preparation and the moderation. You know, they're not eating as much of it as us. So it is interesting that it is a little more faceted than just good and bad and I appreciate that you that you take that approach to it. Now, what about what do, what's your take on the environmental side of a meat, sort of a meat centric or a meat heavy diet? That's obviously something you probably hear a lot about.
1: You know, and that raises the question: Is what's considered meat heavy? You know, now that I'm on Paleo, I don't eat any more meat than I did before. I just eat better quality meats, you know, and I still eat a, a tremendous amount of fish. Also, I might even eat more fish than I do meat, but you know, if everybody stopped eating meat and everybody started eating vegetables, well, then there'd be a shortage of vegetables. So it's, you know, once again, it's about the balance. And uh, there is plenty of open space all over the world, you know, for animals to grow. And I don't know. I don't I don't really see that being an issue. Well, I mean, I'm sure it is an issue if you get if you break it down and you, you I don't know. We Are we going to see it in our time? Are we going to see it in a thousand years? I don't know.
0: Well, and that's, and that's a good point, though, that you bring up. Uh, as far as land, a lot of people confuse. I've heard the argument made that, well, if we weren't grazing animals, we could be growing vegetables. And there's actually a lot of uh, land on Earth that is suitable for livestock grazing that isn't actually arable for crops. So, you're, I mean, it's uh, when you look at the uh, functioning agroecosystem, uh, in order to meet the artificial demands of growing human food, you kind of have to match it the same way it would be in a natural environment with the decomposers like animals that are able to eat those foods and then break down the nutrients and cycle back into the system. So there certainly is arguments either way, but I think it comes back to your point that you like you said you're like how much meat is meat centric cuz the average person when like I picture you like shirtless over a bowl over a bowl of like half of a buffalo and that's not really how you eat your meals, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not use that on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So, I mean, you're, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely like, you know, everybody has their thing. They have a certain thing that they crave. I'll give you an example. My wife, she'll, you know, she loves a piece of dark chocolate. There's no question about it. Me, there's just something about a juicy ribeye steak that's charred along the edge. (laughs) We all have those things. And it's funny, too. It's even like when, you know, when I post, you know, pictures like that. There's a lot of people out there. I mean, everybody, not everybody, but, you know, majority of people love meats and you can't knock a good tasty steak. So even if, I don't know, no matter what, I'm never going to stop eating meat. No matter, even if they said, hey, this is going to affect the environment and I'm still going to eat meat because it's something that I love. uh, No question about it. So I actually tried eating a vegetarian diet. This is going back years ago and I did it for about four months and it was the worst I've ever felt. And that's just my personal experience with it. I've actually known a lot of other people that had issues with it also. But then again, there's people that thrive on it and they feel tremendous on it. And uh, once again, getting back to what works best for you. So for me, I like a nice juicy cow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that rep- that approach. And I think we're seeing that more. I love this, the new trend of like talking about the microbiome and gut health. And we're kind of realizing how different everyone is and, I mean, it's, I think dairy is the perfect one because if there's a lot of people who would die if they drink dairy, you know, the majority of the world, actually adults, and then there's some populations that can almost survive on raw milk. So we know we're different. So let's just go from there. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so talking about your, your specific diet where you are, how you feel like you run optimally, what is your current diet kind of a fusion of I'm mostly paleo, but is there some other things thrown in?
1: My diet, I just, I focus on balance. I don't have, you know, sometimes you'll see people, they have three meals a day and then I'll have, you know, two snacks in between. Pretty much every one of my meals that I have every time I eat, it's an actual balanced meal. You're going to have a protein, you're going to have a fat, you might have a little carb, you know, you have some vegetable. I pretty much stick to the paleo diet 95%. The only thing that I do differently is, and I just incorporated this probably, I don't know, maybe four months ago, white rice. I do uh, white basmati rice, organic basmati rice. I threw that in as an alternative after my workouts because, you know, replacing your glycogen stores when, stores when you're done working out is imperative, especially for uh, muscle growth and healing. And I kind of got burnt out and eating nothing but sweet potato day in and day out after the workout. So by tossing in that white rice, it definitely mixed it up, and it's funny. It's just plain white rice, but man, do I look forward to it! It's almost <laughs> like it's like a candy treat because it's something that I have so infrequently, and it you know it does the thing. It's uh, the reason why I choose the white rice over a brown rice is the white rice is gonna it's gonna spike your insulin level faster. You're gonna get that higher spike, but then it's gonna it's not gonna your levels not your insulin levels not gonna stay spiked for a long period of time as opposed to uh, a whole grain rice which would not spike quite as high, but your insulin will stay raised longer because it's going to be in that zone longer as opposed to, you know, once again, the white, it goes up, it goes down and then it's over that type of deal, which is the reason why you're hungry again in another, you know, 40 minutes.
0: Well, that's, that's interesting because it sounds like, uh, you're kind of speaking positively about the part of carbohydrates that most people kind of demonize. So, but in this case it is in terms of your workout regimen. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's it. Basically around the workout. Because of the high fat, like the, the high fats that I do eat, if I incorporate too many carbs, that's like the only thing that I actually measure in my diet. Like after I'm done working out, I'll actually take a, a measuring cup out if I'm going to have rice and I'll I'll measure it out. Because if I go overboard, that's when extras start hanging around the uh, the waistline, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so trying to hold on to my abs as long as I can. <laughs>
0: so. And for you guys, for you guys that don't know, Bob's a little too modest to talk about it, but his biceps are about the size of my torso. So uh, his, his regiment <laughs> his regiment with carbohydrate incorporation, it's pretty specific. I mean, it was, it was kind of a result of you plateauing in your own muscle gains. Is that right? I think that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. In the first, I don't know, I guess a year and a half of uh, paleo,
1: I cut out the carbs. I cut out you know, a lot of sweet potato, everything. Basically, I just avoided carbs other than squash and you know, some fruit here or there. But uh, my gains and my strength, everything, kind of even like my connective tissue, uh, it, it became more achy. So that's when I said, you know what, let me start incorporating more carbohydrates to it, especially after the workouts and see how my body feels. And immediately I bounced right
0: back. And to be clear, this so, is this is post-workout because in my head, I, you carb load before a workout. Is that is that out? No, you can.
1: I still do. I don't I don't carb load. I'll have, you know, 30 or 40 grams of carbs before the workout.
0: Oh, a little before. Okay.
1: Yeah, a little bit before, but then and I'll do the same thing. I'll do it, you know, usually from like a little bit of, you know, from sweet potato. There's multiple varieties of sweet potato that that are out there. Delicious ones so you can mix them up. And but afterwards, it's, you know, I'll pretty much eat half my body weight in carbs. Wow. Somewhere around there, you know, yeah. And I'm mean, once ago when you said about the size of my biceps, believe it or not, I mean, I look a little bit bigger in pictures, but I'm only 5'9 and 160 pounds, so I'm a lot smaller than <laughs> people think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I eat about, you know, 80 grams of carbohydrates after the workout. And it's got to be a tough workout. If, you know, if you're, if you're just going in and you're doing some stretches or you go for a little bike ride or you're going for a hike, that doesn't, you know, justify knocking back that many carbs. That's when you can get in trouble. But when you know you kick your ass in the gym for an hour,
0: yeah, you gotta you gotta replenish that body. Your muscles need it. I don't get so a re- thank you for it. <laughs> I don't get to reward myself for power walking to the mailbox. No,
1: <laughs> but some people think so. Yeah. You know? it's uh. But that's the thing, you know. You gotta. You definitely have to earn the food. No question about it. And your body will tell you. You know, if you step on a scale and it's going in the wrong direction, well, maybe then you're eating too much. You know, that's, you know, one of the other misconceptions of paleo. You hear a lot of people say you don't have to wash portion sizes. I'm here to tell you, that's bullshit. (laughs) Am I allowed to curse? I didn't mean to curse on that, but it's the truth. I think i will be all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the truth. I mean, a lot of people don't know what portion sizes are. You know, if you put three pounds of chicken wings in front of me, that's a portion. So I know not to eat that much though. Um, And a lot of people don't, they, uh, you know. They're thinking, oh, I can eat paleo, so I just eat whatever I want or feel to, you know, eat till I'm satisfied. Yeah.
0: See, that's where that's what, uh, what I was kind of talking about before. Is when I first was switched over to a, a uh, when I tried a low carb diet for a while, I would eat a bowl of my food, and then because I didn't have, like you said, that sick bloating feeling, I was almost accustomed to that. That was almost my way of feeling full, and because I didn't have that, because I wasn't able to finish my friend's French fries. I was felt hungry. So then I was like, oh, I'll just eat more of this. So then I just kept eating more hamburger meat. And then I completely, I had that bloated feeling, but from meat. And that wasn't in anyone's best interest either. So I think right. that's, uh, yeah, and that can be, that can be tricky is that if you are, I think a lot of Americans, we eat until physical capacity as opposed to, you know, caloric or nutrition. And, and that can be tricky with paleo because you can eat a lot of olive oil before you fill up to physical capacity
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes you can yes you can you know when you add fats too you know once again it's you know a gram of fat is nine calories and a gram of protein and carbohydrates they equal four calories so you know if you eat 100 grams of fats that's nine grams i mean that's 900 calories that adds up quick so the only problem is it's like you know most people are in the this world is you know it's a rush rush world and i find myself i'm very victim i'm a victim of it also I own my own business, so it's not like I sit down and eat a lunch for a half an hour. I just grab my food and I I woof it down and I get back to work as fast as possible. And when you eat like that, you don't feel full immediately. Right. You could eat a portion of food and then if you just brought one portion of food and set it down in front of you and ate it and then walked away and 20 minutes later you'd be like, wow, you know what? I feel just Right. But if you put two portions down and ate it real fast, because you're not getting full, why it's gonna take a little while before your body recognizes, hey, you know what, I'm starting to feel full. Yeah. That's yep. where you can get in trouble. So buy fine by, you know what, put the right portion on your plate. That's good for you. The only way you're gonna find that, if you don't like to weigh your food and a lot of people don't, you just experiment, you know, go by the size of your hand. You know, people say, you know, a palm size piece of protein and You know, then, you know, load up your plate with vegetables and stuff like that. And if, or then you have X amount of fats, if you're eating too much, you're going to gain weight. If you're eating too little, then, you you know, then you'll lose weight too quick. If you want to, it all depends on your goals. Yeah, That's all it is. It just depends on your goals. Portion sizes are key though. Don't let anybody tell you that. No, you don't have to watch. And that might work in the beginning when you switch from a regular diet to going to paleo. Yeah. You'll lose weight and everybody sees the difference right in the beginning. And then all of a sudden they'll hit a plateau and um, you know, just from switching to clean foods, your body's going to respond and you will drop. But then when you hit that plateau, then you have to start tweaking things a little bit to say, okay, well maybe I'm eating a little bit too much.
0: Well, and that's what, uh, and I like, and that's what I kind of like. And what I kind of sense from you is almost uh, the sort of detail that you see from body, like bodybuilders who are like really focused on protein, but then with more of a laissez-faire approach that does open up the flexibility of it, but I love how you talk about experimenting because you cannot, I mean, if there's if there's one thing that I really believe is that Google is not going to tell you exactly what to eat. It can provide you paleo, Google, any diet, it can provide you a framework, but then like you said, like you have to experiment. You're going to have to see what portions work for you, which proteins work for you, which fats work for you, and you got to experiment. I mean, that's uh, that's what it comes down to, I guess.
1: Oh, no question about it. No question about it. You have to find what works. Everybody's an individual, you know. Just like you said, the different cultures. Some people thrive on certain foods, and you know, then you get people in Alaska that are thriving on fats, you know, like the Eskimos and stuff like that. And then you have the ones that are thriving on grains and soy. You, everybody's an individual. You, the only way to do it is to experiment and see what works best for you. And your body's going to tell you. You know, eat something if you don't feel good. Oh, don't eat it.
0: <laughs> as simple as that, as simple as that.
1: Um, it is simple.
0: So I got I to gotta know about how far do you take, so the paleo diet, obviously you adhere to uh, as a framework. What about the paleo lifestyle? I mean, are, do you only cook over fire, run around barefoot, squat on your toilet, stuff like that? <laughs> I do cook
1: over an open fire <laughs> when I get a <laughs> chance, but I, I'm using a cast iron skillet when I'm doing it. You know, it's okay. It's not a sharp stick. <laughs> right, you got to take it for what it's worth. I mean, it's we're we don't live in caves anymore. We have modern day conveniences. We have modern stoves, and everybody's pressed for time. So, do the best you can. You know, try to get good sleep, exercise. You know, that's another thing that people like neglect, and you got to realize, like our bodies are no different. We're animals. You know, we're mammals. We're just like any other mammal that's out there. Our bodies are designed for specific things, and. We were designed, you know, we were hunt and gather. So now everybody's sitting on their asses all day long while they're working, and then they're driving, and they come home, and they're sitting and watching television. And you got to move. Get out, walk, hike, do something. Just don't sit there. At least get
0: out there and walk. Even if it's a half
1: an hour, even if it's 20 minutes, just get off your butt and walk.
0: And I, and I love that too, because it seems like so many people, uh, stress the idea of like high interval workouts or weightlifting. And I got in that mindset, you know, being kind of like a high school athlete, it was like, if I couldn't commit an hour of weightlifting, then I just, I wouldn't go. Whereas, you know, I, you know, I think the walk, the humble walk has been very underappreciated in our society, you know, just go for a walk. Yeah, it's, it's uh it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Move. You know, (laughs) people
1: nowadays, they have this whole thing with like CrossFit. Somehow CrossFit got tied into the paleo movement. And I think it was just a matter of certain bloggers that got into it. And then, you know, then it just kind of like extended from there. But, you know, like a clean and jerk. And, you know, I think it'd be hard fresh press to find two million years ago cavemen doing the clean and jerk with 300 pounds over their head. You
0: know, it's... <laughs> it really, it can go in circles forever. And it's really not, that's why it can't be a strict thing. Like, I mean, that's why it's like, well, cavemen didn't have tennis shoes. You should run barefoot. And then my argument's like, yeah, but cavemen weren't running on pavement. So like, if you're running on concrete, then maybe you do need shoes like this. You know, you can't just take it, you know, it's.
1: You know what it is? People just have to realize we're not cavemen anymore. You
0: know, <laughs> and like you we're said, not, doing... you
1: can run outside. You can run outside barefoot and step on a hypodermic needle,
0: you know, so <laughs> and doing the I'm best, definitely with what you, wearing shoes. Doing the best with what you got, like you said, I mean, it's, and that's what, it, like, oh, I can't, like, yeah, if you can't eat exactly like a cave, like, you know, you do the best you have as far as movement, as far as sleeping, as far as eating, and hey, yeah, you mean make the best of it. That's all you can really do, I guess. That's all it is. Eat natural foods, try to get good sleep, and exercise, you know, it's pretty simple.
1: You're never going to get it right 100% of the time, but if you get it right 90% of the time, you're way ahead of the game.
0: And as far as as uh, as far as the fourth corner to that, to the uh, well-being square, I think it's on everyone's mind. Don't want to get too personal about it, but how do you feel about the squat toilet? Were the cavemen squatting, and should we be squatting on our toilets? <laughs> Is this on your radar? Is this something that keeps you up at night or not? Actually, no. It doesn't <laughs> keep me up
1: at night, and if it does, that'll get creepy. But, uh... <laughs> You know what? Our bodies moved differently back then. Like when you talk about a caveman squatting, that was like a natural thing. Just like when you see a child, you know, an infant comes out, a one-year-old or a two-year-old. They, they just squat down and it's like natural to them. But we lose that ability. Yeah, we lose that ability to squat like that as we get older. Just from, you know, sitting all the time and lack of movement, lack of exercise. And So if you try to sit in that position, things aren't going to go well. You might be sitting in your own turd, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yep. If you can learn how to do that, <laughs> if you can learn how to squat correctly, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I mean, toilets are actually nice. I don't know if you've ever tried one of those. I forget <laughs> what they call them. Have you tried one?
0: I have actually. Well, actually, I've traveled in uh, in China where they, they only have squat toilets. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like you said, you got to do the best with what you got. And I'm not sure if it's the really the best option for the Western world, but Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i saw a paleo guy vouching for it so i just i had i have to ask everyone who's a paleo advocate now about it (laughs) so i think uh you know we kind of we've kind of been through the ins and outs you know and about the paleo the paleo framework the ideas what what advice do you have for people even someone who's maybe not trying to go full-blown paleo but maybe someone who wants to you know experience some of the benefits of slight paleoification of their diet i'm not sure if i just made up that word but what would you say what are some tips
1: Honestly, I would say give Paleo a try. Try it for thirty days. Try it for sixty days, because I don't think that you're actually gonna. And this is to my personal experience. You're not gonna feel the benefits of Paleo unless you do it a hundred percent. Okay. You know, if you're doing it fifty-fifty, you, you're not. You, you have two opposing forces going at each other. If you have, you know, grains and the high fats, and it, you just your body's gonna get confused. You'll just gain weight. It's not going to work. If I would say give it a try for 30 days, 60 days, and see how you feel. And some people say, oh, well, but you know what? I feel great. Well, you might not know what feeling great actually feels like. And once you do know what feeling great feels like, then you can recognize that. And I think that's one of the benefits that paleo will do to you. It will definitely show you how good you can actually feel. And if you don't feel, well, once again, move along, try a different diet. You know, you got to find what works best for you. But if it does feel good, you might never, never go back to the normal way of eating, you know. And even if so, then if you do try it, then you can incorporate some of the ideas behind it. You know, if you read an ingredients label and you don't recognize the ingredients, your body's not going to recognize them either. (laughs) Stop looking at just the proteins and the carbs and the fats. Just look at the ingredients list. And a lot of times that's enough to scare the hell out of you.
0: I mean, the ingredient labels, that's exactly right. It's, I think people have gotten so caught up on the nutrition label. And what that's done for food producers, food processors, is they can create anything. Like these guys are geniuses at they can create any texture, any flavor, to, you know, suit your desire and they can do it to meet a nutritional label of any kind. You can make, make a low fat thing that is satisfying. You can make a low carb thing that is sweet. I mean, it's incredible what they can do. So that nutritional label is going to be completely manipulated to meet whatever healthy trends are going on. You know, for, for years it was low fat and now it's low carb, you know? So it doesn't tell us, like, it doesn't tell us the nutritional label. You can't just count calories. You got to look at the ingredients. That's, that's a great point. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of getting into, I mean, to those people, you know, if they do try to go paleo, what are some simple, like, kind of meal examples? I mean, what, what do you have any suggestions or tips? Meal
1: examples, you know, I kind of like said before, just, you know, keep your refrigerator stocked with, you know, different meats. Don't get boring. Don't just you know get ground beef and chicken breast. I mean, eat the whole chicken. Eat you know. Don't eat it all at once. But you know, you know, eat the legs, eat the thighs. You know, eat different cuts of meat. Eat bison. Eat duck. Eat you know pork. Game birds. All different kinds of fish. You know, you can get bored quickly if you keep eating the same things over and over again.
0: Same with so, vegetables, I and, suppose. And,
1: yeah, same thing with vegetables. And also, too, once again, give it a little bit of time with your foods. You know, you're going to be eating these different meals. And when you first switch over and you cut out those carbohydrates, your body's going to fight you for like the first week, possibly two. And then it it gets easier from there. Once your body says, oh, okay, we're going to be burning these fats now. This is how it works. And then it'll start getting easier. Just bear through the first week or two because it's, it's, it's an entire change. But don't be scared to cook. You have to get more creative in the kitchen. There's no question about it. And don't worry, you can't mess up. I mean, and if you do mess up, just eat it. You know, it's going to be tasty regardless as long as you don't burn it. But try different things. Use different fats. Get yourself some ghee. Get yourself some coconut oil. Get yourself some olive oil, avocado oil, and animal fats. You know, you can buy lard. You can buy beef tallow, buffalo tallow, lamb tallow. Each one of those fats has different flavors to it, and you can take, a, you know, eggs. You to fry eggs in the morning. Well, you can fry them in a different fat every day and then use different organic spices that you find. There's great organic spice blends out there, and you can take eggs, and they'll taste different every day of the week. They can taste different every day of the month depending on your combinations. Just keep mixing it up. You'll never get bored.
0: Well, and that's what, uh, that's too, I think that a lot of people with their, with the fats, they don't realize the power of whole food cooking because to them, they think no cooking's hard. I've tried baking a cake and I didn't follow the measurements and I messed up. But with whole food cooking and the kind of style I've kind of seen you do is, I mean, you put fat, basically you put fat in a pan and you throw in raw vegetables with spices and you stir them around. It's foolproof. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. like unless you burn it, I mean, something delicious is going to come out of that. Tossing vegetables. people say I don't like broccoli. I'm like, have you tossed it and have you tossed it in beef tallow and sprinkled any sort of spice on it? Like <laughs> it's uh Yeah. So kind of uh kind of close out here. People uh, obviously your website has a lot of resources. Is there any other kind of books or, or websites that you personally subscribe to or follow that have good information for people looking for paleo? I think if people are gonna
1: get into it from the very beginning, I'm sure everybody will if you're not in a paleo world, you don't know this guy. But if you are, you know, Mark Sisson. He wrote a book called The Primal Blueprint. And um, I think it's, it's it's a great book. It's uh, explained very well. It doesn't have like a lot of, you know, scientific jargon or anything like that in there. So it's, it's, a, it's a layman's read. It's easy to read for everyone. And also, too, the uh, book The Whole30. That's another excellent place to start. and I recommend that for a lot of people because that just talks about all whole foods. It's simple. Here's a ingredients, you know, go shopping, get X, Y, Z, all the things you can eat, all the things you can eat. And there's recipes in there if you like to follow recipes, but it'll get you eating whole foods. It'll get you away from the processed foods. But I think Whole30 is just a great way to clean out your diet. I mean, right out the bat, you just, your body's flushed in those 30 days and you're going to feel it. Those two books, Primal Blueprint and Whole30, great places to start if you're a newbie.
0: Well, it's it's a, it's a great, great way to kind of create a base level to work from too. You do that whole 30 or you do paleo over 30 days. And then from there, you kind of adjust and respond to how your body, what it takes, I guess, slowly work things back in and kind of go from there. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah, yep, yeah. I agree. There's also a good web source, like for um, the website, that guy, Mark Sisson, he's got a website called Mark's Daily Apple, and there's always good information on there. So.
0: Okay, great, great. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that pretty much uh, does it for today. I I got to know what what do you got what do you got schemed up in your kitchen for tonight? What's for dinner?
1: Actually, I'm doing fish tonight. My favorite fish. It's called a uh, sable fish, and it's just like juicy and buttery. And I'm going to do it up with uh some
0: Japanese sweet potatoes and a big ass salad. Yep, yep. You can't beat that. It's hard. It's hard to argue with paleo when when you paint a picture like that in my mind. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No doubt. It'll be tasty. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, Bob, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. It was fun. It was informative. And you got me thinking about my next meal. I'm excited about it. Thanks again for coming on. All right. Thank you, Ivor. Again, that was Bob Bernatsky from SimplyThatPaleoGuy.com. If you are looking for some more info on the world of paleo, head over to his website. Even if you're not trying to go full-blown paleo, he's got a ton of resources, interesting articles on food and fitness, along with all sorts of deliciously simple meal ideas. Once again, my name is Ivor Margerison from thefoodflow.com. If you are interested in some of my other projects, head over to the website. I got recipes, videos, crazy, sexy, cool, food-inspired apparel line that I just started. All sorts of good stuff. Thanks again for listening. See you guys next time.